It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are the markets doing? Well, markets are slightly in the red now, and um, September has not uh, been too kind to investors, uh, to put it that way. But markets are really down after central banks signaled higher rates for longer. And so investors are kind of digesting this for the time being, although we kind of already knew that. Um, and the expectation is that for them, um, for the U.S. anyway, the Fed to increase rates just by a quarter point in November. And that's supposed to be the last rate hike. So, again, we're so much closer to the end of this tightening cycle than the beginning. So one thing to keep in mind is seasonality is fairly strong at this point in terms of the market. So. September is uh, historically the worst month um, in the year. And a lot of people actually think it's October, I think because of the crash of 87, because of the financial crisis. But but in reality, it's September. And um, a lot of the time, the market is strongest between November, even up until April. So we're using this correction as actually uh, to actually uh, include some of those stocks that kind of ran away from us uh, during the earlier part of the year. So again, when you see these corrections, you know, don't panic, you know, don't freak out. Um, the market tends to have two 10% corrections a year. So again, this this news that we had from the Fed uh, just a little while ago is, is not crash worthy or anything. To me, it's again, just digesting uh, with interest rates, what's going on. But again, with a pause later this fall, uh, alongside with seasonality being on our side, uh, to me, that could lead to a strong um, end of the year for markets. And historically, when you have, uh, you know, a bad September, um, uh, usually you see Q4 uh, doing a lot better at 12 the past 13 times with some huge gains in October even. So, again, it's you, know, you want to be mindful of uh, not, you know, panicking and running for the hills when you see these corrections and think differently. Think about what kind of opportunity is out there at this point. And when we look at the fear and greed index, which is something we follow, uh, we're seeing extreme fear right now. And what that means is uh, you want to be a contrarian. You want to be looking at the opportunity these in the buys right now. Okay. And what about this potentially upcoming U.S. government shutdown? Like, are you concerned about that? I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, we've gone through um, many of these shutdowns before. Um, the deadline is... Uh, Friday, September 30th. And, you know, what we're looking at is, is they're likely going to reach some sort of a deal. Of course, if they didn't, it would not be pretty. Um, it's happened before um, where it was, I think it was like 34 days that the government shut down at one point. Uh, but at this uh, at this time, we think that they're going to reach a deal. Um, and again, they're one of the only G7 countries to have to raise this debt ceiling all the time. The, the one um, kind of... S- side part of this could be that the U.S. debt credit rating could be downgraded again, which it already was, um, which could cause, um, you know, higher rates for them when borrowing. Uh, But again, that was kind of a non-event in the markets. And so to put it in perspective, there have been 20 federal government shutdowns since 1976. Um, As I was referring to, the longest one was 34 days, and that was in 2018, 2019. The average has only lasted eight days. Um, you know, the S&P 500 has been higher during 10 of those shutdowns. So just something to keep in mind. 
Um, but the economists out there are expecting them to reach a deal, and, and frankly, so do I. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I, I would say that sort of situation is more of a non-issue. But in a down market or a down month, it can create a little bit more uncertainty. So again, um, in my opinion, I think that this correction here in August a bit and more in September uh, will likely lead to a, a stronger fourth quarter. And we'll see that in earnings starting in mid-October as well. Okay, so that is something to then keep an eye on for the month of October. I'm surprised that you said that September is generally worse than October. I know. It's actually shocking to a lot of people. And it's not that seasonality is always right or anything. But, but you know, my experience of, you know, almost 24 years, uh, when I see corrections, they often are. And so, so when we are leading into September, you know, we have a little bit more cash on the sidelines so that we can take advantage of that. And, you know, what I've seen a lot of the time is markets tend to move higher and kind of in October because people are then again uh, starting to buy equities for that stronger period in markets. Again, anything can come to the left field. Uh, so you have to be watching markets uh, all the time or have a financial team that does. Uh, but in reality, that is the situation. September is the weakest hmm. month. Which, yes, you're right. You're not alone, Simi. Okay. Most people think it's October. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. I'm not alone on that one. Now, <laughs> given that it's so uncertain, it feels like right now, Lori, like what happens if somebody comes into some money, right? What if they inherit some money or they get a bit of a financial windfall? Like, what do you have to do? What do you have to be mindful of? Yeah, you know, we get a lot of calls on this. Um, Well, probably because I've been on air for so long. Um, But also um, just because people are unsure of what to do and they may not have a financial advisor or one that they actually want to give more money to. (laughs) I've seen that quite a bit uh, when people are are calling us. But so some of those windfalls could be selling a business, um, you know, uh, receiving an inheritance, selling some real estate insurance proceeds or uh, even winning the lottery. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's a big one right now. But, you know, more often than not, I, I would say selling a business and receiving inheritance are, are two of the biggest ones that we see. And selling a business, I mean, it's it's amazing how it works with a lot of business owners. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people have not invested a lot of money into like their RSPs or into joint accounts as they're building their business because they have to put so much money invested back into their business. Um, we've seen that that come from a lot of franchise owners of McDonald's and Burger Kings, and you know, I mean, I think a lot of these people may just have you know a small savings, and all of a sudden they come into five or ten million. And, you know, I know that's not for every listener out there, but there are listeners that that are in this situation. And so we wanted to address that because it's important to find a financial team before you come into the lump sum, if you can. So if you are a business owner, you know you're going to be selling in the next year to two, three, five years. You want to build that relationship already with professionals uh, around you so they can help you. Because sometimes if you sell the business, you know, you didn't do what you thought you should, or you didn't do what you should have done. Um, And had you had a team of professionals around you, they're going to help you with that. And then inheritance is also a tough one, right? Because people are going through a lot uh, when they lose someone. It could be a spouse. It could be a parent. Um, And at that point, again, they may have not, uh, you know, had their own accounts their entire life. And all of a sudden, you know, um, they're in their 50s or 60s or 70s and they've come into a lot of money. So um, and the question I knew, Simi, was, um, you know, what should we be doing with that money? Well, it really depends on that client and their family. And and so what are those goals? Right. That's what we're asking them first. Right. And so you have to 
you have to really think about what you're going to do with it. Like maybe you haven't been much for charitable giving before, but this is something you've always wanted to do. Well, exactly. And charitable giving can help with your tax situation, especially for a business owner selling a business, triggering a bunch of capital gains. Um, and charitable giving, you know, in my opinion, shouldn't be just, uh, you know, once a year. Um, I'm now a board member on Ronald McDonald House, for example. And so I'm, you know, giving time um, and and money uh, throughout the year. And I think it's important to really become involved in, in whatever charity you choose uh, so that you can, um, you know, better the community. And of course, there's tax incentives when you, uh, you know, give donations. So you want to consider that when you come into a lump sum. You want to make sure that you have an estate plan and your will is in order because things have changed. Um, you know, and, and I think that's really important. And, and also treating yourself. You want to have a little bit of fun as well. I think that's uh, something that you should be looking at. I'm a big believer in that one. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> and I am too. I mean, life should be fun. And if you come into a lot of money, you just want to make sure that again, it's invested properly, right? If it isn't invested properly, it could be detrimental to you and future generations. I can't tell you that enough. And whether, you know, we would be investing partially in cashable GICs as well as dividend paying stocks, bonds, that sort of thing. Again, if you don't understand investing, that's okay. Most of our clients don't. And, you know, that's why you have a good financial team around you. And then not just, a, you know, a financial advisor or portfolio manager is what you need. You still need an accountant. You need a financial planner uh, as well as possibly a lawyer. Like, should you be setting up a trust and all those sorts of things? So those are conversations that I'm sitting in with clients, with their professionals. And if they didn't have a group of professionals to begin with, uh, well, then we're referring to uh, some of the best that I've seen because we get the opportunity to work with 150 accountants through our clients. We know the good ones to the not so good ones. And so again, when people come to us, with this kind of lump sum and, you know, it's great news. Most of the time, you know, they're, they're happy. Um, but the, the, they have a lot of questions and we're, we're there to answer those and, and to help them because it's, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And again, that's, you know, whether they're selling a business, selling real estate, inheritance, insurance proceeds, whatever it may be, you just want a good financial team around you. All right. Well, Laura, you make an excellent pitch. So when people, when somebody out there wins at $68 million tonight, they should call you. Yeah, well, they definitely should. And uh, I'm sure lots of people are buying their tickets uh, anyway. And if you had 68 million, you, there's a lot of fun to be had, isn't there, Cindy? <laughs> I would, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when that happens. Laurie, well, good luck tonight. <laughs> you too. Thank you for that. Yes. Thanks, Timmy. That is Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And you know what? You can contact her team directly. Give them a call, 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.